Hello, hello, shepherds and sheeps. <laughs> Jacob meets Esau and his story conclusion of his brother, the two brothers meeting, and hopefully it'll turn out okay for them. I think it does. I think we're getting very close to finishing Genesis, so I know we've been doing a lot of couple-hour podcasts lately, but this will be worth the finish line, so hang on for the ride. Hi, Mark. Hello. Good evening. Good afternoon. How's it going? <laughs> going pretty good. I know you've been busy. Yeah. We've been doing a lot of podcasting lately, so thank you so much for doing that. Um, yeah, it was funny. I was dreaming about it as well last night. Uh, where? I think I had some amazing insights in my dream, and then I forgot it all when I woke up. So. Oh. Because <laughs> well, there, there's a few things in these chapters that we're going to talk about that are a bit um, are a bit uh, difficult to understand. But in my dream, I think I, I think the uh, answer was given to me in the dream. But I have no idea what it was. Oh, um, it's another cliffhanger, so I'll never know. <laughs> Recording stop. I also had a couple of verses that I thought about afterwards. I know we talked about Leah's story to death already, but I came, I was remembering the verse in Ephesians about the command for husbands to love their wives. And it turned out in that verse, it was talking about blemishes and those spots. Either so before we start 32 525, this is husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, and that he might present himself glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle oh. or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. We were talking a lot about the Jacobs intentionally trying to make them spotted and, and striped. But then mm. this one, and he's also the one who didn't love one of the wives, Leah, I think is right on point on mm. what was going on in that story. Uh, and then you, think Paul, you think Paul is like kind of, uh, you think he's referring to Jacob in this passage maybe i indirectly well originally i was only coming across the fact that you're, you're the command that to love your wives and the fact that he did it but then when i read this part where mm. it specifically mentions not having spot wrinkle and without blemish and that mm. does i think directly relates to J jacob's story because that's kind of does yeah. yeah yeah where it was that's first brought point. up and then uh, it goes on to say, in this way, men ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. But Jacob didn't love one of the wives. Uh, so for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes just as Lord cares for the church. So anyway, I thought that was pretty relevant. On Leo's side, there's like two parallel stories with Jacob. So this falls into... One wife that he didn't love, but on the other side, when he loved Rachel so much, he actually had all of the gifts of the fruit of the spirit, which was a different verse than what we read last time. So this is the one that I was thinking about, Galatians 5, 22, 23. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control against there's no such law. So when he loved Rebecca so much, he exhibited every single fruit on this list. You know, yeah. like he had so much patience with Laban trying to cheat him out of his wages. 
He had a lot of self-control. He could have taken it on his, but he always respected the father. He was meek and humble. He had faith. He was goodness, gentleness. So that that's it was like such a sharp contrast. Like he's one storyline is exactly about the fruits of the spirit. Although it's the story of love and how he loved Rebecca, the whole story kind of encompasses this verse. While the other one, the one he didn't love, encompasses what happened in Ephesians five. So that's what I wanted to bring up. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. They always. Um... They always kind of uh, make the analogy of uh, Christ and the church is kind of like a marriage, and yeah. um, the bride, the church is like the bride of Christ. Uh, right. So yeah, there, I think there's some. There, I think these, you know, especially a lot of these stories we've been reading <clears throat> recently are things that it's always kind of difficult to understand what they mean at first. Yeah. I think they're just meant. I think we're supposed to kind of contemplate them over time. You know, it's almost like uh, poetry or something. You know, it's like it's historical mm -hmm. narrative, but and the the Bible it doesn't always tell us like what it all means. You know, yeah, they just kind of present these stories and all these strange things happen, and then they move on to another strange story. Especially today, we're going to see some uh, strange things. It's like what what is the lesson to be learned here exactly? You know. Um, <laughs> So. But I'm sure there's an answer because I always think about, like you said, it's once you start contemplating what's going on, like other verses come to mind. Yeah, exactly. The Holy Spirit kind of, uh, you know, reveals things, uh, reveals the deeper meanings. Yeah. So do you want to start 32 or is it too early? <laughs> <clears throat> I'll try. All right. Uh, it's not too early. I just uh, got distracted. To the uh this what? morning with my cats, they. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to tell the, the frog story. So, what happened with the frog? Did you get rid of it? Well, the cat, the cats brought a frog into the house. So, you know, I just had all these cats running around and frogs jumping around, and so I just had to kind of uh, deal with that. You for know, a while. It, it's meant to be a gift for you when they do that. They're Why like, is that a gift? Oh, you mean they're bringing home like food for the fa for the family yeah, or something? They're like, yeah, when they catch something and bring it yeah. back. There, there's like, here you go, mommy, daddy. Here oh, yeah, they do this all the time. Yeah, yeah. People do eat frogs uh, yeah, <laughs> here. Um, so, yeah, they bring home all kinds of stuff. So, snakes. Oh, wonderful. That nice. would terrify me if they yeah. did that. What kind of snakes <laughs> would they be bringing in, like small ones? Yeah, they're usually somewhat small. We did have a large one at one time. Uh, but they don't bring in the – if it's too large, they can't bring it in. If it's That's too large, good. the snake will eat the cat. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a 12 foot uh, python come to the house uh, last year. Oh my gosh. You're not yeah. terrified of that? My wife was. She was screaming. Oh. I oh. thought it was cool. <laughs> no, I can I never even live in a place where they have snakes just coming to your house. No way. That's why I'm going north, not south. <laughs> they don't live up in the cold. All right, let's start this thing here. Um, all right, so Jacob finally left uh, Laban, his crazy uncle, and he's going back home like he was supposed to do after 20 years. So Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's camp. So he called the name of that place Mahanaim. I guess that, that word means two camps, by the way. 
and it's uh people aren't really sure exactly what that means but uh i don't know it could be that you know there's 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 jacob's camp and then there's esau's camp maybe that's what it's talking about and then there's also these these angels there as well and i guess this is the uh notice it's plural right and and uh in the jacob's ladder story angels was also plural yeah. the only two times in the uh in genesis where angels is plural is usually just one when it uses this well, well when it uses this word angels of god there's usually one angel of god just one and which is basically god manifested as on earth as an angel or something but angels of god met him it's kind of interesting but what do you think about that why why do these angels just suddenly appear now i mean it's just like it's just like he met a you know he, he saw well, some wildlife or something it's like oh yeah there's some angels <laughs> nothing strange about that <laughs> well, i guess they're used to seeing them anyway and talking to them so they <laughs> kind of had you know, they were practically in the garden themselves, but fighting over and they thought one was going to kill the other or something. Well, that's, yeah, he's going to meet Esau. So uh, uh -huh. I guess it would be encouraging, you know, it's like, okay. And God, remember, God told him, go back home. And Maybe. God kind of changed Laban's heart to finally let that happen. Angry and murdering him. So He's getting kind of a an angelic escort, almost, yeah. uh, sounds like. But they must and be able to see those angels. It's he saw them, yeah. It says yeah. right here, Jacob saw them. And, it's too uh, bad it doesn't describe what they actually look like. Not in this one, yeah, not in this passage. All right, and then Jacob sent messengers. Now, this word messengers is the same as in Hebrew as angel. It's malak, but these are human malak, human messengers yeah. before him. May, I guess, I guess, you know, because I don't think Jacob can send divine angels anywhere. No, um, he can. it has to be humans. Like so, sometimes, yeah, sometimes the word malak is used for people. They're messengers. No, it's kind of a job title. Even the angels of God are messengers from God. Do you know what is it? M A L A K. Is that how it's in English? Yeah, yeah. In, you know in, what that means? Malak, malak. It's it, no, it means angel in Hebrew. Malak. Well, malak, yeah. outside of Hebrew, it really just means. Um, Master servant, like master. Malak is master. Oh, Malak. Malak, I think. Yeah, king. Yeah, master. Or well, that's slightly different. It's 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 kind of a similar word. Yeah, I think it's a different vowel. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There, there's the related words, and um, remember the vowels were kind of lost to yeah. history, and then they kind of figured them out again. Yeah, that's. I think it's. Um, is that Malak? Maybe. Uh, yeah. I don't know how they spell it, but it's Malak, Malak, I don't know. Malak, and then Moloch, the uh, de yeah, pagan different. deity, yeah. is is also somewhat similar. If yeah, you take the vowels out, it's the same consonants. Yeah. Except Moloch is a god of whatever, the killing children and stuff. Yeah. And Malak, I think it was supposed to be master-servant relationship. Yeah. But it could have came from the same place, I guess. They're kind of related words, yeah. Same family of words, probably. All right, so uh, he came, he commanded them. J Jacob sent mess. <laughs> Jacob sent messengers before him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. He commanded them, saying, "This is what you must say to my lord Esau. This is what your servant Jacob says. I have sojourned." with Laban and stayed there until now. I have oxen and donkeys, flocks and male servants and female servants, and I am sending this message to tell my Lord, 
so that I, I may find favor in your sight. The message, remember, he hasn't seen Esau in like 20 years. Right. right so, and they left on, uh, the, when, they, when they last saw each other, Esau wanted to kill Jacob. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah. I guess it took that long to kind of change his heart. Yeah. So the messengers returned to Jacob saying, we went to your brother Esau. He's coming to meet you. And what is more, 400 men are with him. Uh, that sounds kind of, uh, that sounds like bad news, right? 400 mm -hmm. men, like an army. He sent an, he's sending an army against you is probably how he understood that. Yeah. Then um, Jacob was very afraid and distressed and he divided the people that were with him along with the flocks and herds and the camels into two groups. He said, if Esau comes to the one camp and attacks it, then the other camp, which is left, may escape. So that might be the two camps that he named the uh, town, you know. Um, yeah, he may have named it though. afterwards. Yeah, I mean, it kind of says right there that uh, two camps, right? So, yeah. That's, and he probably, you know, he may not have named it before then. He named it that after that, probably. Um, all right. So, um, verse nine. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord, who said to me, Return to your country and to your relatives, and I will prosper you. Okay, so return to your country and your relatives, and I'll prosper you. But now, all of a sudden, there's an army coming against him. Yeah, and he's afraid. like, "What? You, you told me to come back home, and now, now I'm at war. What? What's the deal? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that kind of always seems to happen with God's promises. Like you got to go through that fire, or thinking you're never going to make it, but then, yeah, he still has that promise. Yeah, so it's, it's always one more conflict. It's not easy. It's no. not easy to get back to the land. I am not worthy of all the loving kindness and all of the faithfulness which you have shown to your servant. Or with my staff, I crossed over this Jordan. Well, that's interesting. So they're in Jordan. Now, the Jordan, yeah. With the staff, kind of like Moses, I guess. Yeah. And now I have become two encampments. There's the two encampments again. Yeah. Uh, de deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother. So he's praying a petition. A a petition prayer from the hand of Esau. Sounds kind of like David almost as well, right? A lot of these Psalms are prayers like this, deliver me from these uh, the enemy who's trying to kill me. This actually explains why God had to send angels before. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's he's getting divine protection. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of these wars, you know, these in the in the land of Canaan and then in in later chapters when they're always at war. It's really, these are, you know, it's really God at war. Yeah. And, and when people fight a war, they they have to listen to God. If they can't, you can't just go attack somebody without God's permission. If you do that, you're going to lose. Right. And that, that happens to these people. So they, if they do, uh, you know, if they do enter into war with somebody, they have to, you know, it has to be, they have to be obeying God. For it to be victorious. But what about the people that are bringing up wars all the time? They don't seem to be listening to God at all. So do you think yeah. like people have autonomy to bring wars and destruction and then God's still... Well, they lose. God's people cannot just fight their own war because it's God's war. And he's the he's the chief uh, commander. Commander-in-chief, yeah. Oh, you know, the commander-in-chief, yeah. <laughs> in terms of warfare, you know, language, he's the, I forget, what's the word, uh, general? Yeah. I, general. I, I was never in the military, so. <laughs> well, uh, commander-in-chief is the highest office. That's okay. above the general, so. Well, that's what they call the president, don't they? Yep, 
Exactly. So Joe Biden, I mean, you can't get much more strong and confident than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, thank God that God is above even him. That's scary. I always wonder, like, why do Americans think that they're safe when they allow Bidens with Bernie or that kind of president in office? I mean, even the disaster with Maui and stuff, it's all horrific, you know, those poor people that are over there and they have no help from anybody, not even the government. Well, they, you know, they're the ones that did it, right? Yeah, I know. By having a president like him in office, it was pretty much telling the world that we're up for grabs, like opening up all the doors and windows and say, go get them, boys. All part of the show. Yeah. All part of the plan. I know. I just think of it as uh, like a reality, like a scripted reality show. Oh, yeah. It's totally scripted. Even what's going on with Trump. I think it's oh, all. Oh, yeah. 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 Get the hero and the villain and all that stuff. Yeah. It's it's kind of like wrestling, you know, like the professional wrestling. Yeah. The fake stories. Yeah. 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 A lot of drama. Then the hero falls down and then there's a villain and whatever. And, and then come uh, They're pretty good at it. They're pretty good yeah. at creating it these narratives. Kind of falls exactly like a movie script, you know, like a. It the, is. Yeah. The yeah. Hero yeah. goes down, then he always comes back. I do remember something that you said yesterday with the handmaiden tale, with how they America went down as a total tyrannical state. Or I'm wondering if that's sort of some prophecy or you know something related to the United States future, as if it doesn't exist anymore and they can just rename it. And then in that show, yeah. They, well, I think they use the shows as the prophecy because Satan's always trying to imitate God. So Satan has his prophets and yeah. the prophets are in these shows. Right. That's kind of like their Bible, right? So they, so they, they want, they have their prophets that foretell the future, but it's these scripts. It's in those TV shows are, are uh, a type of prophecy. Yeah. Absolutely. That might be a clue as to what's going on, but it's weird that they chose Canada as freedom when that's not freedom at all. <laughs> Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's probably not going to happen. Canada, yeah. If anything, it's it's worse than the United States. Right. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's just pray for the best and let them burn out. You know, I'm kind of hoping that's what will happen. They're like fast and furious evil coming on the scene, and then maybe they'll just burn itself out have some re reprieve or get it over with one or the other well we'll see um so where okay we're deliver me i pray from the hand of my brother from the hand of esau for i fear him that he will come and attack me and the mothers with the children you said i will pro i will surely prosper you and make your descendants as the sand of the sea which is too many to be counted ah another reference yeah it's, it's always the same thing really yeah. yeah that's the plan for humanity really which is too many to be counted. That's what I was saying. That there's oh, going yeah. to be a ton of people. So I can't wait to see that. So he said, you said, I will surely prosper you and make your... Who, who's he talking about here? Uh, talking to God? Jacob is quoting God. You said... So Jacob is talking to God. Okay. And he says, you said, I will prosper. But, but now Esau is coming to kill me with his army. Yeah. What's the deal? 
<laughs> Didn't they all wonder that? Didn't Abraham and Isaac, they all kind of had that moment. They're like, you said you were going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all do, right? We all have that moment. Like, wait a minute. You don't seem to be listening to my prayers here. You know, I'm yeah. having all these problems and what's going on. So it's, uh, you know, it's fear. Fear comes upon us, right? We, uh, as human we're beings. Like fireflies. We don't have much time on this planet. Fireflies. Yeah, we're like yeah. short-lived lives and all these problems constantly mm. every day. So, yeah, I think it's humanly natural, even if you have those direct promises, to still wonder. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right, so let's see what happens here. So he spent the night there. Then he selected from what he had with him a gift for his brother Esau, 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams. Now, is an ewe a, ma a female ram? I don't know what an ewe is. Do you? It's a female ram. Actually, Wow. funny that you brought up that now because um, I just posted the last podcast. So I put a little, I was looking for sheep or, and it, it gave me two choices, you or a ram. And you is a female sheep. Ram is the male. A female ram. Yeah. Wow. It's so confusing. They have all these words for like the same animal. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then they have different words for like baby animals. Yeah. Um, it's jargon. It's very technical terms. If you're not a farmer, you don't really know this kind of stuff, you know? So. Nope. But goats and rams are quite different. I think goats are like little horns, and rams got these big things coming out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. <clears throat> 30 female camels with their colts. See, there's a colt. Yeah. Which is a baby camel, I guess, right? A mm -hmm. child camel. Yeah, and even horses are colts too, right? Yeah. Okay, so Colt, yeah, these are names that we've all, we all hear that, we hear these names, yeah. but we don't always know what they mean. Um, 40 cows, 10 bulls, so mm -hmm. a cow is a female cow, yeah. cows yeah. are females, and right. bulls are male cows. Yeah. But what's the word for, generic word for both? Is it cow? I guess. You know what I mean? When I see a cow, I'll be like, there's a cow, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if it's male or female. I don't, you know, without checking. I think the so genetic should... term is a cow because in modern days <laughs> they refer it to it. But if you're a farmer or a herder, you would know the difference between a bull and a cow. So a bull is a male cow. Yeah. All right. So 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. So donkeys are just donkeys. <laughs> they don't have a, a specific word. See how confusing this is? <laughs> And he gave them to his servants, every drove by itself, and said to his servants, pass over before me and keep a distance between each drove. Wow, that's a lot of animals. <clears throat> yeah, how many are there? So over 100, uh, right? 200. Hundreds, yeah. Alone. Yeah, yeah. So yeah think of all the food and all the, all, the, uh, all the cleaning up they had to do. Yeah, the, there's a lot of maintenance involved in uh, taking care of animals. Oh, I know. It's, and they also have to have a lot of land because they're not actually yeah. buying food like they do today. You know, they buy hay, they buy all that stuff. He, all these animals would have had to eat whatever was in the land already there. And they're kind of nomadic and keep moving. And they would have to tend to them like if they got injured or eaten. Like, you know, what Jacob described before, like I did all this, I stayed up all night, lost sleep. Yeah, it's like a full-time job. And then um, and then these guys are coming into a foreign land, essentially, right? It's not really, 
I mean, it's God, it's the land God wants them to have, yeah. but the Canaanites are there. So you can imagine if you're a Canaanite and then all these, like, you know, these hundreds or thousands of people with all their thousands of animals come into your land to use up all your resources, you're not going to want that to happen. No, it's kind of similar to what, what has been happening here <laughs> with all the immigration stuff, right? That's that's exactly yeah. what like yeah. hundreds of thousands of people coming across from foreign lands, coming into your land. All by design. Yeah. It's all part of the plan. All right. 17. He commanded the one leading, saying, when my brother Esau meets you and asks you, saying, to whom do you belong and where are you going and to whom do these animals belong? Then you are to say, they belong to your servant Jacob. They are a gift sent to my lord Esau, and he is also behind us. Likewise, he commanded the second and third, and all that followed the drove, saying, this is what you are to say to Esau when you find him. Moreover, say, your servant Jacob is behind us, for he said, I will appease him with the gift that goes before me, and then I will see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. So the gift went before him. But he lodged that night in the encampment. Wow. Okay. So Jacob rests. Oh, wait. Well, this is interesting. This story comes right then. So this yeah. is a very interesting story and kind of hard to understand. But I wonder why it happens now. Like, like you think they would uh, continue on with the what happens with Esau. Yeah, it's like a little interlude or something. Yeah. And this story is also strange on its own, too. Very strange and, and hard to, it's hard for people to understand. You know, I've, I've kind of looked into what other scholars have said, and they all kind of say nobody really understands the story, really. <laughs> so let's see if right. we can crack it. That may have been what my dream was about. Oh, um, I think the alarm clock went off like right as I was about to like ah. really understand it. You know how that works. It always happens that way. Well, what so close. In your dream? You don't remember any of it? I uh, know. It was, I, there was like three things that were, I was connecting the dots in my dream. There's three things because I was I was reading about this last night before I went to sleep, and then there's like three things, and then I saw the connection, but I really don't remember what it was. Oh, well, maybe <laughs> it'll come back to you because it seems like this is probably super important. Maybe tonight, and maybe in another dream, it'll it'll come to me. But um, all right, uh, I think Jesus was involved somehow. Because right. when you read it, it's like you don't you don't really see Jesus in this story, not necessarily. I don't, but in the yeah. dream, I think that was part of it. All right, so verse twenty-two: the same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons. Now remember, he only has eleven sons. Actually, um, the twelve tribes is the, we're going to see how it, how it becomes twelve later on. Oh, um, okay, he yeah. has eleven sons and. Uh, one daughter yep, and he, crossed over the ford of the Jabbok. Now in Hebrew, even, even in English, it's kind of similar to Jacob, right? The name of this river. Oh, right. It's a bit of, there's a lot of play on words in, in the Hebrew. And uh, he took them and sent them across the stream along with all he had. So Jacob was left alone. All right. So he's alone. He's all alone. He's been surrounded by these people and these animals for a while. <clears throat> Now he's all alone, and yeah. he has not crossed this river yet, it sounds like. Right. Um, he's all alone at night. 
but it doesn't say why he was wrestling. So the next. Well, we haven't read it yet. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, but just get the situation, get the setting, right? It's night. He's all alone. Finally. He's all alone. He's all alone. And a man wrestled with him there until daybreak. It's like, whoa, who's this guy? Okay, we don't know. It doesn't say. Yeah. That's all. We just, just, that's all we know so far. When the man, and it is the man in Hebrew, the man, when yeah. the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob. Now, who's he? Probably he is the man. So when the man saw that the man did not prevail against Jacob, Jacob was actually really strong. Yeah. Remember, he rolled that stone away from the well, and um, he was at, and he took he was actually physically strong. He touched the socket of his thigh. He touched he touched the socket of his thigh, so the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated as he wrestled with him. Then he said, "Let me go, for the day breaks." That must have hurt. Okay, where did this man come from, and why is he wrestling? Doesn't explain any of that there. Doesn't say it's an angel. So they fought all night, it sounds like, until dawn. And then it's like the dawn is it's getting light now. Let me go. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So somehow Jacob recognizes that this is um, someone who has the authority to bless him. And it's in a Jacob. Jacob was blessed by his father kind of deceitfully, right? Yeah. And um, it's it's weird. So it's like he's he really wants his blessing. And he's fighting with this man who, is it an angel? Is it a demon? Is it God? You know, is it a man? Maybe he recognized him as an angel. What's the point of wrestling with a man who can't give him anything? He kind of notices it's, you know, someone who can bless him. So, he's, so he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. So the man asked Jacob his name. He said, Jacob, my name's Jacob. Then the man said, now the word Jacob, remember, it means, it kind of means like someone who, um, like a con artist or uh, someone, because he grabbed he grabbed Esau's heel in the womb. He, he yeah. Someone like who usurps power or something like that, deceitfully. So then the man said, your name will no more be called Jacob, but Israel. Mm-hmm. Or you have fought with God and with men and have prevailed. Now, that, that that's what scholars think Israel means. It's like kind of like, like what God? it says right here. Yeah, L is God. E-L is God. So a lot yeah. of these names have E-L in the end of it. And um, he, has, he struggled with God or something like that is kind of what Israel means. Mm-hmm. And have prevailed. Now, of course, the certain... The Israelites historically have... They, they can take this and, and kind of run with it and be like, yeah, we're equal to God. You know, <laughs> oh, you hear yeah. people say that even now, right. certain, uh, certain tribes have said, yeah, we're, we actually are, we don't need to listen to God because we're, we fight against God. You know, we, yeah, you know, we're he, equal. But Jacob really didn't win. He, he was let to win, if anything, because his socket was um, gotten out of joint. That was just by one touch. So yeah, he didn't really win. He didn't win because yeah. he was injured. He was injured in limping. Right. And um, well, let's let's finish this, and then we'll talk about it more. Um, then Jacob asked him, "Tell me, I pray you, your name." But he said, "Why do you ask me my name?" Then he blessed him there. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's funny. He he wouldn't tell him his name. Jacob called the name of that place Peniel, saying, "I have seen God face to face." Ah, see now, uh, now. God. Now that's yeah that it, that's what the name of that town means. Notice he's always naming the town, right? So yeah. so Jacob renames the town 
when he every time he encounters the divine, whether it's angels or God or an angel of God, did that with Bethel, and now God is renaming Jacob. <laughs> and uh, uh, that's a good point. Well, it's kind of a significant point in someone's life, I guess, when your name changes. And you know, uh, also there's another reference to name changing thing in the um, towards the end of the book. God gives everybody a stone with a new name on it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So our names are yeah. whatever we're supposed yeah. to. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think when it says, uh, and have prevailed, you have fought with God and with men and have prevailed, it kind of means like survived, maybe. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean he won. Or defeated yeah. God, he, he he survived. You yeah. survived it, and and he crossed over the Peniel, and the sun rose over him, and he was limping on his thigh. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the sinew, which is attached to the socket of the thigh, because he touched the socket of Jacob's thigh in the sinew of his of the hip. So it kind of explains certain traditions yeah. um, uh, that you know why do why do we not eat this part of the but why did this even happen at all? I, it's just so out of place. Like, is he worried that he wasn't going to get his blessings because he was worried about Esau? And then he thought, okay, I saw God face to face, so let me just make sure I get my blessing. I think that's why this is happening. It's probably the angel of God, yeah. I guess. The angel of God, because it's, it's, uh, it's in the form of a man. Yeah, and um, and well, it, why would you, you know, wrestle? Tells, like, the, isn't that strange? Well, I, th I think here maybe what's happening is because this is kind of uh, the first time it, the word Israel is used, and it might even be referring to the entire nation of Israel. Yeah, the future, right? In the future, according to this uh, time frame here, so yeah. it's in Israel as a nation, they did kind of wrestle with God. They they were disobedient. They were not. They were not just obedient. They were supposed to be obedient, but they were not. You know what I mean? <clears throat> the typology, um, I totally get that this is referring yeah. to the greater Israel. But just as a story of a single man lying by himself or in, you know, alone by himself. He's the thing about this. To wrestle with God. The story of Jacob, he was rebellious. He was a con artist. Yeah. He was a deceiver. He was struggling on his own his whole life to uh, to do everything, and now he has to face his his enemy, his brother, who he deceived. Yeah. Right. There, I mean, Esau has every right to be uh, upset. You know what? I kind I think uh, it fits his characteristics because he was always trying to go after the blessing one way or the other, and he was not going to let this go if he thought. Yeah. You know, God was going to bless him right there, and then he was not going to let it go. And if you think about it, like Abraham had these encounters with the angels, but not like this. You know, it was more yeah. peaceful. And um, I guess Isaac had some things as well. Like there's certain, it's one of these divine encounters where God is, you know, changing. The, God is transforming these people. So, um, so maybe, maybe there was a bit of repentance going on, kind of with the name change. Now, there is another verse in Hosea that talks about this, that sheds some light on it, I think. If you go to, <clears throat> so this is the prophet Hosea, Hosea chapter 12. Yeah, just go to 12, Hosea 12. 
And if you remember, so this this prophet Hosea, I believe he lived in like the eighth century BC, and um, he's prophesying. He's uh, he's kind of uh, criticizing Israel for being for whoring after other gods. And if you remember, the prophet Hosea was told by God to marry a prostitute. Yeah. This is because a emotional to book. symbolize that Israel had become a prostitute or they were whoring after other gods, essentially, right? Yeah. Um, so this is the, so this, from, from verse two here, it says, uh, the Lord has a dispute or an indictment even uh, with Judah and will punish Jacob according to his ways. So I think with Jacob here means Israel, the yeah. Israelites and the northern, the northern 10 tribes. At this point, this, see, this was right before the northern uh, ten tribes were taken captive by Assyria. Yeah. Um, and he was the last prophet to prophesy right before that happened. And so, because Israel was just, it was just another pagan nation at this point, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, so the Lord, Yahweh has a dispute with Judah, which is the southern two tribes, and will punish Jacob, the northern ten tribes, according to his ways, and repay him according to his doings. In the womb, Jacob, he took his brother by the heel, Esau, right? Yeah. So so, so Jacob, so I think what he's doing here is uh, the, 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 the nation of Israel, he's kind of describing Jacob and saying, uh, well, let's just read, and, and by his strength, he strove with God. So he right? was uh, strong. He struggled with the angel. So there, there, it's telling you it's the angel of God, really, yeah. right? And and prevailed. He survived. He wept and sought favor from him. Give me your blessing, right? Yeah. Um, he found him in Bethel, which was in chapter twenty-eight, and there he spoke with us. Now that's interesting. He says there he spoke with us, and for the Lord of Lord, the God of hosts, the Lord is the name Yahweh is the name by which he is invoked invoked i don't think that's the uh the lord the lord is his memorial name esv says um but as for you return to your god so now hosea is talking to the modern day israelites of his time for you return to your god repent hold fast to mercy and justice and wait on your god continually yeah. so he's kind of comparing jacob the person to the israelites of his yeah. time who were off doing their own thing He's saying, telling them to repent, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know if that should. I think it <laughs> no, I think that's good because it answers who he was struggling with. Um, yeah. It wasn't a man. So it was probably angel of God, even though he thinks it was uh, God himself that he wrestled with. Right. And it may, maybe what he's saying is the the modern day nation of the, the Israel of his time of Hosea's time are they're living like Jacob the deceiver or the, before Jacob's conversion. Yeah, like Jacob didn't really start out as a righteous person. So Israel has become like the old Jacob, but you have to become like the transformed Jacob later on in his life. Yeah, the Israel. You have to become like Israel. You guys are like Jacob. Even though it's the same person, he kind of transformed into Israel. But you're not real. You guys are not Israel. You guys are Jacob. Maybe that's what he's saying. You know um, what I mean? Well, it was like like Jacob was fighting with the angel to get favor from him. So similarly, I think uh, using that language to say that the entire tribes had been uh, 
not only out doing their own thing, but they're wrestling with God. And at this point, he's not going to just bless them until they actually come back and wanting that blessing again. Otherwise, what's the point? Because he was looking for a blessing. He wasn't trying to do other things or worship other gods. He was never doing that. Yeah, and it's kind of like Jacob was strong, but he had to become weak after his injury, his hip injury, right? Right. And that then he became spiritually strong though. Instead of he was he was kind of relying on the flesh most of his life. Yeah. And then he got injured, so he's not as strong anymore, but he's spiritually strong because he's now trusting in God, something like that. Yeah, so I mean, so Hosea's saying you guys you guys are like the old Jacob, the man of you know, this the sinner Jacob. Flesh. You have to become like the righteous Jacob. Or the right in the which is Israel. You're not yeah. Israel now. He said you guys are like you guys are like the Jacob who was relying on his own strength, and you guys oh, yeah. have lost your way. Right, returned because they were kind of wealthy at that. The, I guess the Israelites at that time were kind of prosperous and stuff, so they forgot about God, and they were yeah, pouring after right. other gods and the syncretism. And they had they had the they had the, uh, the 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 pagan rituals were happening inside the temple. Yeah, you know, kind of like modern day church, you know. And he's telling them, hold fast to mercy and justice, which is probably what they were not doing at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's the essence of what God wants from his kingdom. He wants a kingdom full of mercy and justice. And this you know. last line is, I like it, wait on God, wait on yeah. you. Yeah, people, were, people uh, took the law into their own hands. That was good. Um, I'm still waiting, continually. So... <laughs> uh, so we're done with the wrestling, <laughs> and now we do know that it, it was God, the angel of God, that he was wrestling with, right? I think so. Yeah, I think I think it's kind of uh, if you put the pieces together, you know, that sounds like who it was. You know, because yeah, the opening of thirty-two, um, the messengers of or the angels were brought up that they were, went before uh, Jacob, mm, the host. Yeah, like the host of heaven or something, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and the angel of God has appeared in Genesis before this, so it's not like the, the first time. It's the angel of the Lord or whatever, angel of God. So that's the angel of God, singular, and then there's other angels of God. I think it was the same angels that were from the beginning of the chapter who, who then fought with Jacob at the end, uh, one of them anyway. Well, that was the angel of the Lord, the, the angel of God, yeah. the angel of God. Like right. God in, in angel form, or God in uh, God, you know. Except the only the thing that bothers me is that I don't know what triggered the wrestling part. It, I think it was this uh, before meeting Esau. It has something to do with that because that's when it happened. Um, you mean just was kind being of afraid of like meeting with Esau and stuff, and he wanted preparing him to meet Esau and to to fully kind of humble him to humble him. Before the Lord, Cause I, you know, to, to be honest, he was basically defeated, really, by this angel of the Lord. He was yeah. defeated because because his uh, his hip he could he couldn't walk. He was limping. And, well, that's what um, I'm thinking is it wasn't really a wrestling match because all God had to do was just like stick his finger. God humbled himself. Yeah, yeah. God God wasn't using his full power. You know what I mean. Right. He 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 diminished his own power to just to have to make sure this was kind of an, a long you know he did this for the to help Jacob in a way to teach him some lessons or something 
Yeah, that's um, for sure. Because I don't was, think we can really wrestle with that. Do you think that can happen? Do you? Well, think we can. can we can resist God's will. God could. God could tell us to do something, and we can like not do it. But that's, and that happens in the Bible a lot. Yeah, but that's exercising your own free will to say no. I don't want to do that. But I'm like physically thinking, like if you think one way, like you want to change God's mind or to do something for you, one way or the other. I don't think we can really wrestle with him. If he lets us, maybe he, you yeah, know, if that's how he, he wants to do us. it, he can, he can, yeah. he can allow that. I, I mean, I think we do see this, um, but I think what it was is there, there was about to be this in Jacob's mind, there was about to be a, a battle, a physical yeah. conventional war. So God comes and um, kind of takes away his physical strength. So uh, now he has to rely on spiritual strength. He has to rely on God now, not his own physical strength, which he's always relied on. Something like yeah, that. that. So it's a bit of a transformation. Because you're about to go to war. He thinks he's going to go to war, and now he can barely walk. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. He has to rely on God no matter what. It was, it was kind of like a divine revelation and a bit of a transformation going on in yeah. in uh, Jacob's character, I think. And, and the renaming. So now he's Israel. Now now he's the child, you know, a, a child of God or something like that. Um, well, all yeah. the promises are coming true now because he established the twelve tribes in his name. Like, and he's story, going back into the land. Yeah, he's about to cross a river. I don't think it's the Jordan. It was that other one, but it it's, it's uh, doesn't say. But he's about to cross the river, going back into the land. So it's it's all and that's always a significant moment. Well, now happens. I think the big uh, picture is coming in that Israel is coming in. The people that he's going to bless and keep and... Yeah, his kingdom. is, is yeah. God's kingdom is coming in. So he's, he changed the name. Now th this is the kingdom of God here. This We're going to call it Israel. Yeah. You know, and that's, uh, you know, nowadays it's, uh, you know, through, through Christ we become Israel, right? Um, yeah. The, the true tr the true kingdom of god is through through jesus through jesus you enter the, into the kingdom of god whether you're well, jew or gentile yeah. it's he's got to be through jesus a spiritual kingdom um, it's no longer about the genetics but yeah. i think he had to establish the genetics in yeah. order to show what wasn't going to work well they were supposed to they were supposed to be the kingdom of god on earth and demonstrate to the the nations around them what that was like, but they became kind of, uh, they didn't do that. They failed. Yeah, but God knew it was never going to, there was never going to be. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was kind of, it just started out. Um, I think it was to show like, the whole, how they were going to transgress the whole way through, how they were going to keep pouring yeah. after other gods, like all of these. Wrestling with God. Yeah. I think the entire purpose of all these stories was to show actually this scene, the wrestling with God. I think I'm kind of getting it now. That you could almost see the whole history of Israel, of Old Testament Israel, yeah. in this one little story, yeah. wrestling with God, and then finally they're humbled. Yeah, I think I got it now. <laughs> so yeah, that's the epiphany. That its entire this is the birth of Israel. Uh, the struggle that Jacob had is essentially the entire storyline that we're going to cover up until the New Testament. <laughs> and then after that, 
all of this is done away with with the spiritual uh, kingdom that anyone can enter through Jesus, right? So yeah, it's, it's the the entire Old Testament in that one little story. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, I think so. Wow, we got to call some of these scholars. No, no, nobody knows that. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I think that is the answer. I think that's what you let it to be. Like that, that, yeah. get it now. Like it's, once I'm kind of clear on like what the picture is actually painted like, uh, it makes sense. And we have to look for it too. I, I think because you could just read it superficially, like, oh, wow, that was interesting. Yeah. And then move on to the next one. I think there are these deep, uh, significant meanings to these stories. And in this, in this sense, it's kind of prophetic as yeah. to what's going to happen because it's like naming israel and this is who you're going to be this is what's going to happen to you you're going to continue to wrestle with god until finally uh well, Jesus you, comes. you kind of yeah yeah until finally you're humbled and uh and well they're kind of still wrestling with god to a certain degree yeah there's the you know sense I mean? there still are but i think this is a great uh thematic scene that he's setting up for the rest of the book and the rest of the stories which i i didn't get it until now so that makes total sense um all right all right so chapter 33 um, all right so now jacob meets esau then jacob looked up and saw esau coming and 400 men with him so he divided the children among leah rachel raquel and the two female servants he put the female servants and their children in front. That's what you want to do when there's a battle. Put the women and children in front. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is, is that what he's doing? <laughs> yeah. That's a purpose. I never noticed that before. It's always the opposite. Don't they tell you? Like, get them out of the harm's way. Oh, that's so interesting. I wonder why the movie never picked up on that. Like, throw your Well, maybe it's like, maybe so that Esau would not attack or something, you know? Yeah, because he would. Then, um, <laughs> a sign of peace. It's less threatening, you know. If he put his biggest soldiers in front, then that's kind of threatening. Yeah, you know, maybe that's what it was. Then Leah and her children next, <clears throat> and then Raquel and Joseph last. Mm -hmm. He went on. You know why them. they were last? Because he loved. Because uh, <laughs> he loved them. Yes, because Joseph was favored. Um, remember, he got the the coat. And all the brothers hated him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Joseph That's a good point. Loved, yeah. And Rachel was loved. So he protected the last two people that he truly loved. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Aww. All right. He, he went on before them, bowing himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. <clears throat> but Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him. And they wept. When Esau looked up and saw the women and the children, he said, who are the... Who are those with you? Jacob said, the children whom God has gracious, graciously given your servant. Then the female servants came near and their children, and they bowed down. Leah also with her children came near and bowed themselves. Afterward, Joseph and Raquel came near and they bowed themselves. Esau said, what do you mean by all this company that I met? Jacob answered, these are to find favor in the sight of my Lord. Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. Jacob said, No, I pray, I pray you, if I have now found favor in your sight, then received my then receive my gift from my hand, for I have seen your face, and it is as though I have seen the face of God, with you having received me favorably. Please take my blessing 
that has been brought to you because God has dealt graciously with me and because I have plenty. So he urged him and he took it. Then Esau said, Let us journey on our way and I will go ahead of you. But Jacob said to him, My my Lord knows that the children are weak and the flocks and herds with young are with me. They are driven too hard one day. All the flock will die. Please let my Lord pass over before his servant and I will lead on slowly according to the pace of the livestock that goes before me and the pace of the children will be able to endure till I come to my Lord at Seir. So Esau said, let me leave some of the people that are with me with you. But Jacob said, what need is there? Let me find favor in the sight of my Lord. So Esau returned that day, making his way back to Seir. But Jacob journeyed to Sukkoth and built himself a house and made booths for his livestock. Therefore, the name of the place is called Sukkot. Um, Some relevance to that. Isn't that the Feast of uh, Tabernacles? Yeah. Um, Sukkot. Also, a Jewish custom with Sukkot, where they or the festival of Sukkot, where they mm. built the temporary tabernacles. Yeah, the the fall, the autumn feasts. I think. Yeah. Journey to Sukkot, build himself a house, and made booths for his life. Yeah, you're supposed to build booths and stay in them for like is like ten days or something. Yeah, that's the, uh, the autumn festivals. Much, yeah, that's the fest festival of booths. Yeah, that's in. Uh, I guess in Leviticus, the kind of uh, Jewish autumn festival of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. That was something that was commanded in, uh, I think it's in Leviticus uh, or Second Exodus, day. Feast of Ingathering. Exodus, the, the Exodus and uh, Leviticus. Yeah. I think that's coming up this month. Feast or- of Booths. It's usually in October, I believe, early October. Or, or October. Yeah, according to our history calendar. Well, yeah, yeah, it's usually like the first week of October. I used to like pay. I used to kind of pay attention to all these festivals and stuff. Um, not so much anymore. I've only um, did one tradition, and that was actually the Sukkot. Only one time. Oh yeah. Like, what did you do? Tent. <laughs> and. Uh, did you go camping? No, I did it in my apartment. I just built a <laughs> temporary. <laughs> There was nobody to go camping with. There was nobody, no, nowhere else to go. So I found inside your apartment. Yeah, I built a oh, wow. tent. So some people like like they yeah like they'll like camp out in their backyard or something or right. or some people just go camping. You know. Well, I would have loved um, to have done that, but it wasn't possible. But I just did it symbolically for that day. I don't know enough yeah. about all those festivals anyway to really honor it. But well, I- the thing is, if you we don't have to get into it now, but. Um, if you were to read the, I don't know if this specific one, but all these festivals have a lot of specific things you're supposed to do, and nobody does all those specific things. Yeah. The people who, oh yeah, we're Torah observant, we observe all the festivals, but you're not still not doing it exactly what it, what it says to do, because there's always some, some sacrifice they're supposed to do or whatever. They're not doing all those things. No. You know? So they're kind of memorializing these things and you know being aware of it and maybe doing something they're doing what they can but yeah, then what happens is they think oh yeah we're tour observant we're the chosen <laughs> seed and you guys are not you know it's like well you guys are not doing it correctly either you know <laughs> yeah they're not it's just it's symbolic <laughs> i think the, the whole idea of Sukkot was or the tabernacle temporary tabernacles because they were god took care of them in the wilderness for 40 years in their temporary yeah. 
So this was yeah. supposed to be in remembrance of God. Yeah, God. yeah. And the reason yeah, so, why yeah. I did it for the same reason, because I'm kind of nomadic myself. And God <laughs> has provided for the most part. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, maybe if people want to do that, maybe it's all right. I mean. Um, it's just know. symbolic. I would, I would love to do all of them symbolically because technically I would yeah. never know enough to keep any of them. Especially they are kind of prophetic as well. There, there's some prof maybe some uh, oh, that's prophetic meaning prophetic. You know in terms what of the is? end times and, and all that. Um, oh, yeah, because our time on earth is a temporary tabernacle because one of the verses that God said that he was building a place for us with him. So remember the verse, he has many mansions and he's building a place for us. So that's our permanent dwelling once we get there so right now all of this is temporary anyway even though people think like you know they live in their house for their entire lifetime that's not permanent even if they are able to live there for 40 50 years um so i think all of that is symbolic even the festival and what's going on with the whole story about sakura too all right <clears throat> All right. Yeah. So, so in, in terms of the Genesis and these historical narratives, the Israelites got a lot of information from these stories in terms of the, the, the names of certain yeah. cities and towns and also their, the people, their, their, uh, their ancestors. And, uh, so like they, they, they were able to make sense of their life. It's like, oh yeah, there, there's all these different towns around us and we know the history of these towns and how they came to be and the people who founded them and all this stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, they know it better if they were tracking all of that stuff. You know, us reading it, yeah. it's kind of difficult to understand. Yeah. Right? And even the customs, like, oh, why don't we eat this food? It's because of this thing with Jacob. Yeah. Um, now, what is that? I, I wonder when this was written then. You know, it said, uh, to this day, we don't eat the, the the hip socket thing. You know, is that, wh what is this day? I wonder when this was actually written. Well, I think it should have been Moses. Age, ages of how everybody lived, you could probably figure it out when, because all of them had dates, right? Like how long they lived. But I mean, it said, it said like to, at the end of that, uh, Jacob wrestles with God story. It said, uh, <laughs> therefore it says at the verse 32, chapter 30, 32, 32, 32, it says, therefore to this day, the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh. So what is, you mean therefore to this day, what is that like? So what is the, what is that? You know what I mean? Like, so the writer is explaining this thing and therefore oh, even now, even to this day. So when, what is, when, when is that? <laughs> we know when the, when the event happened, we roughly know yeah. but what it is different than when it was actually written down. You know what I mean? Well, maybe there's a clue later on. Because uh, the Bible Maybe. repeats everything right. two or three times. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we'll find that answer eventually. Um, All right. Let, let me uh, finish off uh, chapter 33 here. I think I have to read that last one. Yeah. Jacob came peacefully to the city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan. Now, I think that's like 30 miles north of Jerusalem or something. On his way from Padan Aram and camped before the city, he, he bought a parcel of a field where he had pitched his tent from the children of Hamor, Shechem's father, for a hundred pieces of silver, he erected an altar there and called it El Eloha Israel. You think that's still there? Uh, you mean the, you know, the land? 
Yeah, an altar? You mean the altar? Well, both. Altar and... Well, the altar was probably pretty simple, just a rock or something, you know? You know, they, they did find, I think it was Bethel. I saw a YouTube video recently about they're excavating the site of Bethel because Bethel later on, Bethel was the, uh, wasn't that the site of the Jacob's Ladder thing, the stairway to heaven? Yeah, right. Bethel. Um, and then that became a, a temple center later on. They built a, like a temple there. And um, I think it was the, uh, the Samaritans who continued worshiping around there. Instead of Jerusalem, that was the division between those people. But uh, there, there was some YouTube video. They're excavating Bethel. It's kind of a new thing. It's kind of a recent discovery. Hmm. Um, so the, yeah, they do find archaeologists do find some of these places. You know, uh, Shechem is still around today as a well, city. Like people know where that is. You know, well, like these are real places. It tells you that he bought that land with hundred pieces of silver. So yeah, so they're kind that, of starting to starting to uh, colonize. <laughs> yeah, but also making it their own land by a transaction. So they're not simply being yeah, there yeah. and living there and building houses, but he's actually buying. Like Abraham bought the plot, Jacob is buying this field here. I think it has significance. Every time they pay for something, it has significance. Um, yeah. So, finished uh this section here any new testament stuff before we finish this off no no the only cross reference um was that thing from hosea that i that i thought was uh, significant um which is an old test sometimes the references will be old testament as well from the prophets but that's a prophet right so the prophets are you know what they what the prophets tell us is coming directly from god you know so this whole story of Sukkoth, it actually does come up a lot in Exodus. I was just going to look up real quick how many times Sukkoth comes up. Uh, so we just did that. So m most of it's in Exodus and Numbers. But we're going to see this uh, <clears throat> this guy, Shechem. So it comes up a lot throughout the whole thing as whatever this is. What's that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we could talk about that more when we get to uh, Exodus and Leviticus. It'll make a little bit more sense, I think. But this is at least we got kind of the origin. We got the name, you know, the 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 origins of that town or whatever they called it, the little se uh, settlement. This one's kind um, of sounds interesting. God has spoken in His holiness. I will rejoice. I will divide sh uh, Shasham and measure out the valley of Shekel. Yeah, I would love to get to those eventually and see what it was all about. Kind of need a running list of all the things that we need to keep track of. Okay, so we'll just end it here, and then um, the next story will be Dinah, what happens to her. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. All right, so let's end it all here right. and then pick up on the next one. Talk to you all soon. All right, thank you. See you.